what a joy, what a privilege we have. How much more we need to know about our God. Pastor Marty spoke about heaven and hell. You'll have no understanding, friends, unless you know who God is. Who controls heaven, who controls hell. All the power is in hand. And everything is for his glory. That's why we are here. To study who God is. Not what God does. Again and again I say, my beloved, when you rest your faith on all what God does for you, you're building your faith on sand. It will collapse. But if you build your faith on God of Job, then you know that you're ready for heaven. Because the trials may come. Temptations will come. God will pull the strings in order to make our spiritual muscles strong. But if you know who is behind all these things, you will never grow. Don't blame circumstances. Don't blame upbringing. Don't blame, don't blame anybody. Once you know who God is, then you rest assured that your faith on the solid ground. It is easy to sing, my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. It's easy to sing, but it's very hard to put your trust in him. Then only you can say, no matter what comes in my life, I know my Redeemer liveth. Then you can say, even though he slay, I will trust the Lord. We are, my beloved, with, uh, we, are, we are in invisible war with devil. And he is 24-7. He's playing double jeopardy. Whomever he can get, he gets it. To destroy them. And we are going to see that in the days to come. But I just want to start, uh, uh, set the stage what we did last time in the chapter 2. That we are in invisible war. And the evil power is working behind the scenes. Unleashing his power, fury and hatred. He does that every day. Taking the toll in our families. Taking the toll in our children. Taking the toll in our relationship with one another. Taking the toll in the churches. Taking the toll in the presidency. And in the, in the, in the prime ministers and the kings and the queens. And taking the toll all over. Because he knows his days are numbered. And he's playing double jeopardy. He's trying to destroy as much as he can. But you know, that's what we are learning about God of Job. That he is still alive. He's still on the throne. And if you know him, then you will see through all 42 chapters. And then you will know. When Job prayed, God accepted Job and he blessed him. 
Beloved, we are in the process. The final product where God will see the reflection of his glory, he will give a smile. Well done, my son. That's what I wanted. But in the process, don't give up. Don't give up. Hanging on together. That's why this Bible study is all about. That we can get together, encourage one another. Encourage one another. Remember, if you are remain strong in your faith, you must be vigilant. You must be watching over. We are all watchmen in your spiritual life and remain firmly anchored to God. As Job chapter 2 uh, opens up unfolding drama of Job, brings us again into throne room of heaven. It is very depressing, my friends. It is very depressing when you think about the throne room of God. God is residing president and all the angelic hosts, even the Satan is standing before. It's depressing. But that's the reality. That's what the Bible teaches us. I'm not making up my own. It is what the Bible talks about. And what the Bible talks about, we have to held high in order to comprehend, understand, so we can pass it on. We can pass it on. We can grow in the knowledge of God. Rather than running away from the truth, we get into more and more. We get, oh, I wish the church will be packed to study about God. I wish. I really wish. Because we need our churches to be strong. We need our families to be strong. How are you going to become strong unless you go to the physical fitness and make your muscles strong? This is physical, spiritual, physical fitness center. If you don't come, your problem. Don't blame pastor. Don't blame anybody except you because you are not ready. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, are you really? Sometimes I wonder, seriously, do you have a spirit of God? If there is a spirit of God, you will run into the house of God. I want, this is my place. This is my place. I want to be there. But you know, we have, we, 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 we desire that. But when we don't see, we get discouraged. We see, we, we get discouraged. And yesterday, Pastor Marty was telling 2002, 3, how many 260 people used to sit here in the church? Imagine. And now, you know, I don't have to say that. Where are those people? Where are those people? If this trend continues, we were talking about yesterday, in 10 or 15 years from now, what would be the Christianity? It's scary. It's scary. And my friends, we are here. Our nation needs the Lord. And we are going to pray this morning in our worship service. We are going to pray hard this morning. We need the Lord in our churches. We need everything God has for us. So the main idea that God allowed Job to be tested, that is a hard pill to swallow. That God allowed Job to be tested. That's what we need to understand. That this is our God. When you 
are the purchased possession. It is not your right. It is God's right over you. Do you understand? When you sell your car and somebody buys your car, you have no right over that car. You've given it up. Don't you go to their house and say, this car belongs to me. He said, get out. I paid it. Don't deal with the title is mine. If God has a title for you, you have no right of you. God owns you. If God owns you, then he has a right, whatever it pleases him, however it pleases him, whenever it pleases him, whether he kills or whether he keeps us alive, it is the Lord. That's how we need to understand God. Don't expect God to bless all the time. If God has chosen you, that his glory might reflect in you, then what is your responsibility? Submit. Submit. And that is the hard part in our culture. There's hard part for our culture. We come from the country where the, the kings have rule over us. So we know what it means to submit to the king. We have no clue here in America. No clue in America. God allowed Job. And my friends, if God allows you, will you accept with gladness and say, thank you, God, for choose, choosing me? Or would you resist and raise your fist against God and say, back off? Then you will not see the final product as the Lord expects you then you need to check out whether you are saved or not. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. There are four things in chapter 2. Satan's persistence. <laughs> he never gives up. He never gives up. Satan's persistence in chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And then second, Satan's persuasion, chapter 2, verse 4, 5. Then third point is Satan's permission, chapter 2, verse 6, and then Satan's persecutions, chapter 2, and verse 7 to 13. Satan's persistence, Satan's persistence, he never gives up. He never, never gives up. Satan is given permission. He is given permission by God to test the integrity of Job's faith. My beloved, if God chooses you to be tested of your faith, accept it with gladness. You may not understand. You don't have to understand. I don't understand why, why the Lord allowed me to go through this pain over these five years. I don't, I don't question God. Who am I? Am I dust? And my numbers, my days are numbered. Do I question God for what he's doing in my life? I'm a fool. If I'm a purchased possession of God that he has a right over me, Job was God's. And Job was chosen by God to let the whole world know that Job loves me because I am his redeemer. That was a question Satan asked because all the blessings you have bestowed upon Job, that's why Job is worshiping you. Take away the blessings. And the Lord said, make my day, go ahead. And taken everything away. 
Did Job curse God? His wife did, but not Job. Because Job was a chosen person. If God has chosen Job, he did it go joyfully. Under the boundary. God allows Satan under the boundaries. Remember, my friends, no temptation will come unless he gives the power to go through your temptation. Because he knows your limitation. How much you can endure. How much you can go through with that. God knows that. Because he's the potter, you are the clay. He knows that. So, here God allowed Job, uh, Satan, to be tempted or tested under the limitation. In chapter 2, verse 1, second heavenly silence scene unfolds before our eyes. And everybody came together to give report. Oh, I love it. Everybody came to give report. You know, my friends, Pastor Marty did mention in the worship service this morning that one day he will stand and we have to stand before him. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 20, the Lord uses this parable that one man was given five talents, another was three, and another was two. One, right? Five, two, or one, whatever it is, yes. And then they said, the accounted time came. Everybody has to stand before. Everybody. And you know, what you have done. Even this morning I prayed, Lord, thank you over these 50 years, whatever I could do, I did it by your grace. Whatever I have not done, I repent. And I ask forgiveness. One day we ought to stand before the Lord. The believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And those who have built, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 13, let each one take heed how he builds. Let each one take heed. How he builds. Some of you are building on gold, silver, precious stones, and some would some some who are building wood, way, and straw. What is what does it mean? Some are doing just for show. They will burn. And those who are in gold, silver, and precious stone, they will refine. Ha! Wonderful. Wonderful. What a joy that would be. Then the judgment seat of Christ, the fire will test. That is, the judgment will test us. Here, heavenly throne, everybody came together to give the report. And remember, my beloved, one day you will stand alone to give account. Your wife will not be there. Your husband will not be there. You will be alone. If you build on gold, silver, precious stone, it will be refined. But if it's built on hay, wood, and straw, it will burn. That doesn't mean that your salvation will be lost. But the reward, what the Lord had in his mind, you might lose it. 
Salvation is always eternal. Always eternal. So remember the day of report, that the, the came report, and before God, uh, the, the, the briefing occurs, occurred, <laughs> Satan also came with them. And before God in appearance, Satan in the heavenly sins indicates that Satan has access into the presence of the Lord. But hallelujah, one day is coming, he will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's what Pastor Marty mentioned today. One day, he'll be thrown in the lake of fire. That is the second death. Endless eternity burned. You know, I always say, either you bow or burn. Either you bow or you will burn. There is no choice. No choice. Verse 2, by divine initiative, the Lord asks the evil one, where have you come from? Now remember, the Lord knows the past, present, future. The Lord knows. The Lord did not ask. The Lord did not. Like Adam, where are you? It doesn't mean that the Lord did not know where he was. But he just wanted to find out from his own honesty where he was. Confession from his own from the fallen angel. And Satan answered the Lord from the remaining, he said, where are you going for? He said, I'm going back, back and forth. And, uh, and, and the world is arena where Satan is creating havoc. Satan roams on the earth and as a condemned prisoner looking for an easy and hard prey until he will be finally placed into the bottomless pit, which is called hell. Revelation 20 verse 10. Remember, he is not in hell right now. He is actively roaming on the earth to get his prey as much as he can. Chapter 2, verse 3. Knowing Satan has been wracking distractions on the earth, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Isn't it wonderful? The Lord said, Have you considered my servant Marty? Have you considered my servant Solomon? So we hide? Lord, we are at your disposal, however it pleases you. Whether you break it or build it, you're God. Have you considered my servant Job? Knowing Satan's first attacks had failed to shake Job's faith. My beloved, this is the bottom line. When you are grounded... When you are grounded in the word and in the knowledge and in the solid foundation of God's word and God, no matter how many storms you weathered, you will stand with God. Stand with God. That's why make sure that your salvation is secure in Christ alone. Not in your psychology or in your mental faculty. All you raised your hand and you came and you accepted the Lord. But then your heart was never ever changed. And you lived all deception, all this life in deception. Thinking that you're going to heaven, but merrily you're going to hell. Even John MacArthur, we, I was there when he said this statement. He said, 5,000 people come every Sunday here. Doesn't make everybody Christian. There are thrill seekers in the church. 
they are looking excitement. They will fall away. Fall away. Job's faith was tested. The Lord reminded Satan that Job was blameless, upright man who fears God and shuns evil. The Lord reminded Satan that Job still remain, maintain his integrity in spite of the devil's first assault upon his life. And uh, uh, he, his devotion was so strong. Although Job underwent severe trials, pain, it was not because of any sin, but because he was chosen by God. Chosen by God to go through. So I and you can be challenged, inspired, guided, and not give up. Satan's pursuers in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 Satan reasoned with God that Job is selfish, self, uh, selfish. Job is in his selfishness would sacrifice the lives of his own children, lives of his own servants and livestock in order to protect his own life. You know, what was the point? The Lord was talking to Satan, chapter 2, verse 4. Skin for skin, Satan tells that to the Lord. In, Satan indicted God by saying skin for skin. What does it mean? This was barter system talking about. Satan, whose name is accuser, was charging Job with sacrificing the skin of his own children. He's sacrificing his children's skin, animals and servants in order to preserve his own life. Job is so selfish. That was an indictment from Satan to God. He said, Job is it's a skin for skin. That's why Job is safe right now. Skin for skin. Satan was convinced that Job would give all he had for his own life. He's so selfish, he was telling. Now remember, Job, Satan doesn't know everything. God knows everything. He's limited. If God had given opportunity to choose between the loved ones and his own personal health, health, Job would protect his own health and sacrifice his children. That's what Satan was talking about. Chapter 2, verse 5. Satan asked God, stretch out your hand and see what happens. Stretch out your hand. And he will curse. <laughs> he will curse, he says. He will curse. Then God gave permission. <laughs> verse Chapter 2, verse 6. Satan is granted permission by God to afflict Job's body with great harm, except he is prevented from taking Job's life. This is hard pill for us. You know why, my beloved? I always say, because we are living in a fallen world. And all these years, as we grew up, our idea of God according to the fallen nature. So we want to shape God according to what the world talks about. And we want to put God in the box and we desire that God should be like this. But God is God. That's what we need to understand. God is God. 
He's the potter. He's the sovereign God. He's the all-powerful God, all-knowing God, all-seeing God. I don't have to dictate God what he should do. Has Jesus ever dictated during his lifetime what fathers should do? Have you thought about that? Has Jesus ever dictated during his lifetime or he submitted to the Father? Who we are? Are we better than Jesus? That we can dictate God what he should do? Satan got permission. The Lord granted permission to attack Job. Very well, then he's in your hand. Friends, that is so hard for us to understand. And then he said, and the God removed the hedge of protection. You know, as I was preparing, the Lord reminded me, Israelites. You remember, in, I, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. The Lord, he said, I planted the vineyard. And I was looking for the grape. And when I went there, I did not find. And you read the story in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Let's read. Somebody can read loudly. This is so beautiful. I will make the application out of this. When God removed the hedge from Job, what happened? And here, it, it speaks about removing the hedge. Chapter 5, Isaiah 1 through 5. Mm. And built a tower in the midst of it, mm. and also made a wine press therein. He looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I had not, have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now, Go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Do you understand? The Lord was expecting the, the good grapes from Israelite's chosen people. And he said, I was looking for, and I did not find it. What would I do? What have I not done? I had done everything. And when I was looking for, I did not find. What I would do, I will remove the hedge and it will be ruined. That is exactly that picture is here. He said, okay, Satan said, because you have hedge around him, that's why he's praising you, that's why he's worshiping you, that's why he's blessing you. Remove the hedge and all hell break loose and he will curse you. So Satan was allowed his show protection, verse chapter 1, verse 10, and allowed Satan the greater access to assail his life. Remember, he buried all 10 children. Everything was taken away from him. And what did he do? He worshiped the Lord. The Satan got his answer that Job is worshiping me not because of my because of the blessings. 
But then he said, but because there is a hedge of protection, that's why he's worshiping you. Okay, now in chapter 2, take away the hedge and see what happened. The Lord knew Job what he's going to do. Satan did not know. So hedge of protection was taken away. And his life is was a cell his life. Divine permission gave Satan to unrestrained power to harm Job's body. Only God's restriction was that you must spare his life. Let me say, Isaiah 53, the great song of the servant. In chapter 53, verse 10 says, it pleased the God to crush his own son in order that we might be redeemed. Get this picture. Get this picture in your mind. It pleased God to crush his own son. He was wounded, despised, mocked, humiliated, scourged, scorned, spit upon. Not only that, they put the crown of thorns on his brow. It pleased God to do all this. So, if you put all the words together, he became cursed for us. He became poor for us. He was condemned for us. It pleased God. Here, it pleased God to allow Take away the hedge and do whatever, but don't touch his life. If God chooses, if God please anything in our life, he has a better purpose, always. We do not understand, my friends, in finite wisdom of God, we do not understand. Don't argue with God. Submit. That is the hard pill for us to swallow. Was it easy for Abraham to offer Isaac on the altar? Was it easy for Abraham? What did the Lord say? Now I know that you fear my name. Well, then we, we know that Satan's persecution began. Chapter 2, verse 7 through 13. He struck by Satan. Job suffered the loss of his physical well-being and he received the fullest counsel from his beloved wife who approached to him, who approached to him, Oh, Job, you worth nothing. Curse God. And die. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and descended to the earth, through the earth, and to unleash his fury of his authority given by God on Job's life. Without moments delay, he afflicted Job with painful sores. The sores, do you know? As I was reading, the sores which was afflicted, it was the sores. When God afflicted Egyptian in Exodus chapter 9. Turn with me, Exodus chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9. 
verse 8, 9, 10, 11. That was the judgment of God over the, on Egyptians. And here you see that chapter 9, verse 8, 9, 10, 11. Someone can read loudly. There you read the word source. Yeah, please. Yes, that was the source from heaven poured out on Egyptians. And similar Job did experience when the, uh, when the hedge of removed. So until Job's health was restored, the physical source produced severe pain. Satan inflicted Job with the source from the source of his feet to the top of his head. Verse 8, get the picture, my beloved. When you have this kind of source, where do you find release? They did not have hospital. They did not have a painkiller. What did they do in those days? Picture, verse 8. Get the picture. Release infection. He said, from boils all top of the... It was itching. Itching. Job took a piece of broken pottery. Do you understand? I wish I would have brought the pottery out from outside in order to make you understand. Broken pottery to scrape himself. Job went to the city garbage dump and sat among the ashes where trash was burned. This was a humiliating experience for one of the leaders of the elders of the city. Job was not an ordinary man. He was the richest man of the East. Now he was brought to zero. Nada. Zero. He went to the city dump where the ashes was burning. And he said, he sat in the ashes. Verse 9, perhaps the greater attack came from Job's faith. His wife tainted him. Are you still holding on to your integrity? Here is Job scraping his itching. And top of that, his wife comes and still you are holding your integrity. Curse God and die. I can't see you. Do you fathom the agony of Job? Curse God and die. She was suggesting forsake your integrity. Forsake your integrity by cursing God. She was lining up with Satan. She was lining up with Satan. 
In reality, she had become the mouthpiece of the devil. She was repeating, repeating exactly the words of Satan. Verse 10. His wife's bad counsel received a sharp rebuke from Job. Oh, beloved. That's what I'm talking about. When your faith is grounded in the character of God, no matter how hard the, uh, the storm you weathered, you will become more strong and strong. Verse 10, you are talking like a foolish woman. <laughs> who is foolish? That's one who deny God. Foolish. This abrupt report was fully responded in unbelief. Job could not hand, uh, comprehend. The unbelief of Job's wife let Job's respond with one of the strongest statements of faith in the entirety of the Bible. What did Job say? What did Job say? Shall we not accept good from God and not trouble? In other words, shall we not accept both good and bad? It comes from God. It comes from God. The blessings and the curse come from God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. He is the creator of everything. And he does. What a powerful testimony from Job's uh, mouth, on the contrary to his wife, says, leave your integrity. Get out from your integrity. Curse God. You'll be all right. And Job said, shall we not accept bad thing from God? If anything wrong happens, would you argue with God or would you submit to God and say, Lord, I don't understand, but I accept it and help me to go through. Period. Then your peace with passeth all understanding control your mind. And your children are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Have your handling. What a testimony of God's grace. And then the Lord would present, this is my servant. This is my servant. What a powerful testimony. Job's confidence in God remained unshakable, demonstrating that he had rested in his integrity. Whether receiving good or trouble from God, go in, do this. Job did not sin in all these things. Job did not sin in all these things. Both good and trouble are brought into the lives of the believers by God. Oh, friends, again and again, we come back to the doctrine of God that he has a right and he does what is pleases him. Don't dictate God. Sometimes we do that. And you know, other side of Job, we will, we will learn in chapter 3, chapter 4, 5, 6. That is human nature of Job, and we all go through, my friends. Job was not super, super man. He was just like you and me. Why the, why, you know, in James chapter 5, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Elijah. I want to shake my hand one day. Elijah. 
And James says that Elijah was just like us. That speaks volumes. Elijah was just like God has given all the character in the Bible parading before us. We can identify with them. So when we go through the trials, when we go up the mountain, we go to the valley, this whole heroes of faith parading before our eyes so we might be inspired, challenged, encouraged, instruct, and rebuked if it is needed. That's what Romans chapter 15, verse 3 and 4 says. All these things was written in the past for our instruction. So all the heroes of faith parading before us, including Job. That's why the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? God must be very proud of Job. Have you considered my servant Job? My servant Job. Well, if you have blessed him, that's why he's blessing you. And uh, he's sacrificing own children for his own. He's so selfish. And the Lord said, okay, go ahead, make my day. And, and everything was taken away. Everything was taken away. And what did he say? Blessed is the name of the Lord. Naked I came, naked I go. Lord gave, Lord took. Blessed be the name of God. Oh, my beloved, the Lord would have us to go on that route and stand on the character of God, no matter what comes. At all, this earthly tabernacle will fall. One of these days, our address will be changed. Are you not excited? I'm excited. That my address will be changed. Seven Carmody Court to the heavenly boulevard. Hallelujah. When the roll is called up, yonder I'll be there. That's all we have to look forward. Not be me. I said, this earthly tabernacle will go. And praise God, it will go quicker. I wish it would go quicker. I wish God would run on my timetable. But his timetable is different. So I have submitted. And I hope you would submit. No matter what comes, because the Lord is in charge. Lord is in charge. And you know, one more uh, uh, point before we close with prayer, and that will be quickly. Next, verse 11. Next came the greatest assault Satan would hurt at Job came from his own friends. From his own friends. What the devil spoke through his life, he would even now speak more convincingly through his three friends. So having heard about all troubles that had come upon Job, his three friends set out from the homes to support Job, to in pain and bring comfort to Job. <laughs> that these three friends, Eliphaz, Biliad, and Zophar, verse 12, they approached Job, uh, they, they, uh, they approach Job's friends saw him from the distance, they could not hardly recognize him. That's how bad he was. That's how bad he was. Hardly recognize. The appearance was due to Job's physical and emotional condition that is suffering. Their response 
So Job's pain was moving as the identified with him in the deep hurt. They tore their robes and they sprinkled the dust on their heads. That was the sign of great anguish and weep. So his friends, they came to comfort Job. Let's stop there and thank God that we have a God who alone understands, who alone is in control of our life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you very much for the time you've given us in your presence. And we pray, O merciful God, that you continue to open our eyes to understand more about God, more about Jesus, more about Holy Spirit, and help us, O God, that we may build everything we have on you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.